Right, Carter, give me the mic. So I'd been to the Louvre once before on holiday, but I hadn't been chased by vicious fruit bats. I would have been terrified, except I was too busy being angry with Carter. I couldn't believe the way he treated my bird problem. Honestly, I thought I'd be a kite forever, suffocating inside a little feathery prison. And he had the nerve to make fun. Hey! Hi. And, and hello. hello. Welcome to Into the Riordanverse, a Rick Riordan read-along podcast where we read the books that aren't a part of the Camp Half-Blood Chronicles. This includes Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Heroes of Olympus, and The Trials of Apollo. Today we continue our look into the Kane Chronicles, The Red Pyramid, chapters 19 and 20. A Picnic in the Sky, and I Visit the Star-Spangled Goddess. Hey Hal, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm dead inside. Uh, is, is that a general thing, or is that a 2020 thing? Uh, that's a 2020 thing. 2020, I need 2020 to be over. Well, it'll be over in about two months, and then at the end of the year, we'll just see the clock go from 11.59 p.m. to 11.60 p.m. 2020 will never end. 2020 part two. Hal, there have been a few things that have happened since the last time you and I recorded. Number one, the Kane Chronicles have been announced uh, by Rick Riordan to become a Netflix movie series. Oh, I can't, I can't wait, he said with fear in his eyes and his voice. I mean, I mean, listen, it's supposed to be live action. No one's doing anything that those movies aren't coming out till like 2022. So we got plenty of time to get to through these books. So I have time to be disappointed. What? Exactly. Other news is that the final Camp Half-Blood Chronicles, I know we're not supposed to talk about it, but the final Camp Half-Blood Chronicles book came out at the time we're recording yesterday, which would be uh, October 6th, and I spent all night reading it. And how? I'm so sad. It's, it's over. N- no more Percy Jackson books. They lied. Uh, li- I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't want to talk about the book, but um, th- th- there's, there's room for, you know, continuations. Let's just leave it at that. But... Hal, we are not a Camp Half-Blood Chronicles read-along podcast. We're a Riordanverse read-along podcast, and we're reading the King Chronicles book series. Are we? Are we truly? Uh, potentially. Now, normally I would write a little synopsis uh, that one of us would read, but I forgot, so we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I've been busy with life, Hal. Life keeps coming. Uh, TLDR for these chapters. They are very plot-dumpy. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess we could say that. They are pretty plot-dumpy. I I would have maybe used a little bit of a better language, but, you know, Uh, whatever. Lacking lacking in exposition? You're you're trying to BS your way through a paper with, like, five minutes before it's due. You gotta use big fancy words. Quick, go. Um, not much happened. Brain no work. (laughs) But yeah, these chapters, there's not a lot of action going on in these chapters. These chapters are very much more set up for, like, this... I think we're like halfway through the book, so it's like the second half of the book. We are just about halfway through the book. There are, I believe, like 50 chapters in this book, 50-something. There are 41 chapters in this book. Wow, we are halfway through, Hal. So Can you believe about, it? We're, I definitely did say we are about halfway through the book, and I was right. <laughs> well, of course, before we go through the, the read-along, we got to rate our chapters. Hal, what did you give A Picnic in the Sky? A seven. I also gave it a seven. Tiebreaker. T-t-t-tie breaker. I actually looked into it. I think you're beating me by quite a few amount of chapters. 
And what did you give chapter 20? I visit the Star Spangled Goddess. I also gave that a 7. I gave it, in my notes, I just wrote, I gave it an, an I hate this out of 10. Oh, wow. Uh, listen, with all that's going on in America right now, I don't really need a reminder about the Star Spangled goodness that is America. Uh, remember to vote, kids. I actually just sent in my mail-in ballot today. Remember to vote. But we're not a political podcast. We are a Percy Jack... No, f- we're a riordanverse read-along podcast Hal. so let's read along what happens in these two chapters let's start off with a picnic in the sky what happens i said picnic like yogi bear picnic this chapter starts off with the kids and their kitty assistant escaping from the swarm of fruit bats and their well-dressed handlers and they start running and again it's just playing out a lot like how i i predicted last chapter that they were going to start running towards somewhere to make a portal to escape and sadie would be in charge of making the portal and of course this time she does kind of succeed but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves i mean not really i mean you, sum- you summed up the first like couple pages pretty well one thing that i want to point out is that they dashed to a plaza surrounded by the wings of the lerve and inside was a giant glass pyramid and sadie is like well we can't open a pyramid here it's not a real pyramid and boss is like dude it's not about if it's a real pyramid or not it's about the shape Mm -hmm. it's a ramp to the heavens which means it's better than most mta stations and no one listen if you're if you have to take public transportation please be sure to wear a mask Uh, be careful try to social distance yourself from other people beware of demigods right so is your is your brain is your brain brain on functioning today head empty elevator music behind eyes Mm -hmm. except in my case it would be like the the me shop music (laughs) they go to the pyramid and they're like oh it's a minute till sundown we gotta open the portal now bast is like do it sadie and sadie's like bruh i've never i've done this like once (laughs) sadie's like let's let me go to the worst place imaginable america what I do like is that she she just doesn't care. She's like, America, just go to America, America, right now. It would have been hilarious if the portal just dropped them off, like, in the, in the sky in the middle of America. It's, like, directly in the middle. So Bass tells them to climb up the glass pyramid, and they're like, but it's slippery. And Bass does what Bass does best. She yeets small children into a portal. <laughs> exactly. She just straight up, she straight up says, I'm going to toss you. And Carter's like, what, excuse me, as he gets yeeted into the portal. <laughs> I, I had the hilarious image of one of those like old old style cartoons where they trip over something and like flip four times before they stop. I just I, had I the hilarious image of Carter just flipping four times before he enters the portal. I mean, listen, I don't think Basta's caring that he gets in one piece. She she just cares that he gets in. I mean, she kind of she kind of needs him to be in one piece because they're they're kind of main characters. And as Bass is about to yeet Sadie into the portal, they are cornered by the two magicians who've been following them. Kitty lies. The kitty lies. She just wants meow mix. Meow mix, meow mix, please deliver. So Bass yeets her into the portal and she's like, see you in America, yeet. Mm-hmm. And then as Sadie's going through the portal, she hears a bunch of explosions and stuff. And she wakes up in some giant like metal room that she describes as a high-tech refrigerator yeah she notes that carter and boss had woken up earlier than her because they are not currently covered in sand it'd be funny if they woke up like maybe five minutes before her and they were both like what if we just leave the sand on her let's <laughs> just dust themselves off over her body <laughs> extra sand but yeah, they, they all look out the window and 
surprise, surprise, they are in the the center of the cesspool, Washington, D.C. I want to call out that Sadie, who was raised in England, knows what the White House looks like. There's a pretty good chance, even if you don't live, live in America, you have at least a general idea of what the White House looks like. Yeah. Plus, considering that it is based off of I believe it's either Grecian or Roman architecture. It actually does have an interesting connection to the series that we are involved in at the moment. Funny that you mentioned architecture because Sadie did not mention a specific city. They were automatically transported to the default portal of America, which is... The Washington Monument. The biggest obelisk ever constructed. Ah, America's ego. I have some facts later on for scrolling through the Egyptian age about the Washington Monument. There's a surprising lack of Egyptian lore in these chapters, but I also wrote about a certain someone we meet later. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Boss notes that she had been out for a couple hours, like two or three hours. And Carter's like, hey, we need to, we need to, we need to get moving. So can you, can you make another portal? Can you do that so we can get to Arizona? And Boss is like, Sadie, Sadie will probably die if she tries to use another, another portal. And even if they could open another portal right now, the portals are on cooldown. Portals are on cooldown. I love how Boss is like, so Sadie can't do it again. I don't have that kind of power. And Carter, well, I mean, no offense, but you're your trash. <laughs> so yeah, they're not, they won't be able to use the Washington Monument portal for another 12 hours. Plot exposition. Plot exposition. Sadie takes this time to start asking boss about the magicians that were following them and boss notes that while this, the magicians that they just left behind can't follow them there are even more magicians in america and set is in america which means set and his people are in america but at least we got thoughts spellbook right hal of course and this will totally be useful this will blow their entire mission wide open uh, it would if they could read it <laughs> and isis isis was like what if i didn't help you they can't translate what was written. It just seems to be hieroglyphics and illustrations all bundled up together. The gods can probably read it, but they are not interested in helping at the moment. And Boss seems to be unable to read it as well. And they're like, well, when in Washington, D.C., it's time to have a picnic. And she snaps mm-hmm. her fingers and she brings up some delicious, wonderful Friskies cans. And two jugs of milk. Unfortunately, Sadie and Carter do not like Friskies, so Boss mm-hmm. begrudgingly makes them some grilled cheese and a six-pack of Coke. Carter is like, eh, I'd rather have the Friskies, but I guess. It's not socially acceptable for me to eat the cat food. <laughs> I just have the hilarious image of him and Julian just crouching somewhere, dodging explosions, chowing down on some cat food. They don't show you that in Indiana Jones. They really don't. So Carter and Sadie wonder about tourists or other people, and Boss is like, dude, this is a national monument. You think it's open? past five o'clock honestly i love how sadie eats three sandwiches and drinks two cokes and immediately after this they're like hey so you should maybe try falling asleep and she's like what okay it's nap time listen i can't fall asleep after drinking two cokes and eating three sandwiches that's that's a lot i'm awake now my dude me after eating one sandwich and drinking half a cup of coke but yeah she tries she tries to sleep but she realizes that it is not actually quiet and that the building seems to be humming and when she asks what the humming is boss notes that the that the monument has an abundance of magical energy stored inside of it a what an abundance an abundance isn't it an abundance it's a whole lot of magical energy (laughs) (laughs) uh brain empty had no work honestly yeah there's 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 a lot of magical energy stored within the washington and when she is questioned on why this is this is so because the washington monument is 
for all intents and purposes a modern monument, even though it is at least 100 years old. Part of this is that the ancient Egyptian builders were excellent. They picked shapes like obelisks and pyramids that were charged with symbolic magic. An obelisk represents a sunbeam frozen in stone, a life-giving ray from the original king of the gods, Ra. It doesn't matter when the structure was built, it is still Egyptian. That's convenient for them. Very convenient. And then she's also like, an obelisk can be used for opening gates to the Duat or releasing great beings of power or trapping them. Dun, dun, dun. And then they're like, yeah, so you 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 were trapped, boss, in the Cleopatra's Needle. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. But I'm going to kind of talk about it. But yeah, they kind of go deeper into the lore where they explain that boss was trapped in an abyss inside of the Duat. And the Cleopatra's Needle was the doorway that her parents used to release boss she recalls that one of the magicians uh said to them prior to escaping that boss had left her post and she's like boss what's that about and she's like well i mean it's technically my job to sort of fight this giant demon monster person for all of eternity yeah and i'm kind of out here with you guys and they're like did the demon monster guy come out and she's like no 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 no. he's still in he's still chilling in cleopatra's needle he's just kind of bored now and has nothing better to do than try and break out she's like she's like me when i get caught doing something bad i'm like technically it's bad but only if you think like that if you think like me it's not bad at all and she's like i'm gonna go that way goodbye and this is where sadie and carter start talking a little bit more about the mysterious circumstances of their mother's death. They start to question whether or not Julian's real objective is to bring back their mother. They start actually sharing information, which is a godsend in books like this. Oh my god. But they actually talk to each other and share information. I'm like, oh, bless me. But yeah, they they rehashed the revelation that their mother was a diviner, which meant that she could see into the future and that she had steered some of Julian's thinking away from danger, life-ending antics. And they're like, well, why did mom and dad keep us apart? Why didn't they tell us that we belong to these two ancient families? Why did they release boss? Why this? Why that? And they start like really questioning the stupidity of their parents. Honestly. And then they have a little bonding moment where they're like, hey, Carter, um, that, um, your little friend in your head, is he helping you? And he's like, no. What about yours? No. And you're like, yep, life, life sucks, doesn't it? And then Carter's like, my guy, you look tired. Uh, You go to sleep. You need to open up the portal soon. Go to sleep and wake up for the next chapter. What I do love is that Sadie's like, aw, he cares about me. Ew. I mean, she doesn't really say ew. She's just like, aw, he cares about me. I uh, I could imagine her just like, ew. Just like punching herself, punching him. He's like, what'd you punch me for? And she's like, you know what you did. And that concludes that chapter, which brings us to chapter 20, I Visit the Star-Spangled Goddess. How? What happens in this chapter? We get chap time with ancient with ancient goddess. I mean, let me tell you, this chapter, I almost went nuts reading it. Why? Hey, Hal. What? Let me talk to you about my favorite uh, musical, or, uh, the Nutcracker. Uh, You're going to hurt me by making bad puns this entire time, aren't you? Hal, I'm afraid that you aren't working properly. You're losing nuts and bolts. Uh... So, Hal, what happens in this chapter, Hal? Come on, let's go. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, literally the majority of this chapter is Sadie, Sadie, Sadie wake up in dreamland. 
and it's accosted by a young man who's like, hey, you're going to have fun chatting with people. Well, I mean, let's let's back up a little bit. So she goes to sleep and she wakes up as a Ba, which, as we went over in a previous episode, is sort of like the soul. Yeah, it's like a, a spiritual representation of your dream self. And she's like, uh-uh, if I'm going to go and do this crazy dream I'm going to look like myself, not like some weird chicken head like Carter. Mm-hmm. And then she does the time warp again and transforms into her normal self. <laughs> that, that's a deep cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It is October. Honestly, Spooky month. It's a shame that movie theaters are all being closed, so I can't even go see that glorious movie again. So she makes herself look normal, and then she's like, okay, well, it's time to go. And she lets mm-hmm. the duat take her wherever the duat's going to take her. And who does she stumble upon? Well, the handsome boy from the Hall of Ages vision. And she's like, what? You cute boy. Ah." And he's like, hi. So uh, my my friend over here wants to talk to you. And she's like, "Eh, boy, cute. What? Friend? And then she's like, "Um, can we, can we? This was nice. Can we talk again? And he's like, goodbye. What I like is that he's like, I mean, I'm dead and you're a spirit traveling. It's kind of on the same length. And she's like, am am I going to die? And he's like, no, not this time. She just wants to talk. Later. He gets out and she is now standing in a luxury flat only. The flat has no walls or a ceiling. And the floor is see-through, which would totally not give me vertigo not at all but yeah she's she's in the middle of a very nicely decorated flat which appears to be in the middle of the sky this is a woman in the corner she's she's making tea because haha english and so she walks up to the black granite bar and she talks to the woman and she's like hello and this is where we get our introduction to somebody who's described she's wearing an egyptian kilt from the waist down from the waist up she wore only a bikini top and her skin her skin was dark blue covered with stars and i don't mean painted stars i mean she had the entire cosmos living on her skin gleaming constellations galaxies too bright to look at a glowing nebulae of pink and blue dust hal who is this this is the goddess of the sky and believe her she's heard all the jokes about her name except until i came around because i'm gonna make even more oh no we're not we're not doing that we're gonna finish this chapter so that i don't have to hear these terrible puns how would you say that I'm driving you nuts? Ah! The worst part is I could feel your joy from hurting you. Oh, I mean, I'm having a great time. Would you say you're driving me batty? Haha! See, you're getting it. Haha, <laughs> I can make bad jokes too. I mean, that was actually a good joke. Nut introduces herself and she offers her an Egyptian drink, which is called Salab, I believe. That's yes it is you've heard of hot chocolate well this is pretty much hot vanilla which actually sounds amazing like literally amazing i tried looking up like the origins of this drink uh it's a lot to look up so i just gave up but i did Mm -hmm. find some recipes online if you want me to forward them to you it's surprisingly easy to make and i love how sadie and a whole britishness was like i mean i would have liked a cup of tea but i mean it's probably rude to refuse something from a god when have the english ever been concerned with what people consider rude at one point they conquered the entire planet they don't care about that i mean that's that's pretty sus um england's (laughs) sus i saw them vent (laughs) they vented and killed everybody (laughs) they vented and they killed uh india for their spices (laughs) And so they sit down and chill on a sofa, 
Sadie says that her salab is sweet and tasty, a nice little hint of cinnamon and coconut, and it warmed her up nicely and filled the air with the smell of vanilla. I already have a problem because I don't like coconut. Oh, this drink sounds amazing. So. I-, I also like that she's like, for the first time in days, I felt safe. Then I remembered I was only here in spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's like, so I bet you're wondering why I brought you here in your dreams. And she's like, I sure am wondering where here is and who your cute doorman is. Can you can you help me slide into the equivalent of the Duat's DMs? But that's like, ah, uh, yeah, I'm not telling you who cute boy is. But let's just say that this place has a really, really, really nice view. And Sadie's like, where are we? And Nut is like, well, uh, uh, we're not going to get into that. We are somewhere. That's all you need to know. And then she's like, hey, are you, you have a host right now? Are you inside of me right now? And she's like, no, I am, I am this guy. Guy is me. So this is just, this is just a projection of my true form. She's like, I, I don't need a, I don't need a human host because I am, I am very strong. Very, very strong. And Thady's like, but I thought you needed to have a physical host to appear like on this side of the duat. And she's like, oh, well, it's a lot easier because I'm, you know, the sky. <laughs> And then that, that in the entire apartment flickers and Sadie's heart jumps out of her chest. How? If you make... I, I felt you trying to reach for a pun and I'm glad that it failed. Listen, I'm naturally not funny. That was just bad. That wasn't even painful. That was just bad. That should have hurt well, you. <laughs> I mean, listen, how I'm just burning the midnight oil. Hey, so if Sadie were to talk to this goddess, would it be on a social network? Dad. Do you think she has? Do you think she has fast internet? <laughs> do you think she has a nice computer monitor? This is just bad. <laughs> They're not even creative anymore. You're just putting nut in the middle of words. Uh. <laughs> Oh, not good. Oh. I mean, how? That is what I'm doing in a nutshell. Ah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so they start. T- so they start talking, and um, after all this, how can you exist? Kind of talk. She's like, "Well, I'm up here in the sky, and my boo is all the way on the ground, and I can't touch him." And Sadie's like, "Well, what would happen if you tried?" Nut explains that the reason. One of the reasons why Nut has brought Sadie before her is to let her know that she needs to prevent any kind of fight between the gods and the House of Life, because that would cause untold chaos. And Sadie's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm a kid with a god inside of her. They're not they're not listening to me." And then that that's like, "But you are you are you are definitely a child with a god inside of them. You can you can fight them." And she's like, "I'm a I'm a child. Please." In the end, she's just like, well, Sadie, here's the advice I have to offer you. Seek out Thoth. He has a new home in Memphis. And Sadie's like, Memphis, Egypt? Nut is like, no, silly. Memphis, Tennessee. Now, you can't use the portal, so I will have to provide an alternative mode of transportation. And she's like, here you go. Three first class tickets from D.C. to Memphis. I love how Sadie's like, I suppose you get a lot of frequent flyer miles. And Nut is like, something like that. You think you're so funny, huh, little child? Nut 
is done with Sadie like you are done with me. Honestly. And then she's like, well, um, once you get closer to set, I can't help you. Also, you need to wake up now because set's minions are closing in on your hideout. And Sadie's like, what? And she's like, yeah, you got a couple minutes to wake up. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and she's like, well, send me back now. And that's like, but wait, there's more expedition. <laughs> Remember, I have five kids. Count them, five. Ah, ah, ah. And she's like, remember, I have five kids, but you only really know where four of them are. But yeah, she she advises her to try and track down her fifth child, which is, I always forget how to pronounce this woman's name. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Nephthys. I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up the next time I have to, but I I don't don't care now. But it is Osiris, it is Iris, it is Set, it is Horus, and it is Nephthys, I guess. And then that's like, okay, and before you go, I need a I need a favor. Can you can you pass this post it to, to Gepsong? He's so cute, Ubu. And Sadie's like, I've I've passed notes between friends in class, but I, I, I wonder what she had written on the note. I've never done this for God. So she's like Geb plus the not equals true love or Mrs. Geb. Mm-hmm. With heart symbols around it. And Sadie's like, yeah, sure. Please send me back to my body. As she's leaving, Nut is like, Isis, remember, restrain yourself. And Sadie's like, restrain herself? Wait, what? And then she wakes up. <laughs> and Sadie's like, she's, she's, I imagine her just sitting upright in her bed. just like, yep, we gotta go. We, we, we super gotta go. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? Why, why are we, why are we running? There's a demon outside. We need to, we need to go. <laughs> uh, one more thing I like is that boss is like, ah, excellent. First class tickets. First class serves Salmon. And Sadie's like, we gotta go. Seth's minions here. And Carter's like, uh, guys, it's here. It's right outside. And that concludes our readings for this episode. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. And unfortunately, we get Carter next week. And that leads into our new segment, which is not so new anymore, but it's Scrolling Through the Egyptian Ages, where we go over some quick fast facts about some of the Egyptian mythology and lore in these chapters presented. So like I alluded to earlier, we're going to briefly talk about the Washington Monument. Construction for the Washington Monument started in 1848 and finished in 1888. It is 555 feet tall, and it's made out of marble, granite, and sandstone. Hal, can you imagine making a building for 40 years? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, my our, our, our college campus took almost as much time. <laughs> the original elevator ride took over 20 minutes to go from the bottom to the top and was only allowed to be used by men. It was considered unsafe for women and children, so they had to walk up all 897 steps. Oh, yes. That's much more safe. Exactly. Once you get to the top, you can see for over 30 miles in any direction. And of course, get this, no building is allowed to be taller in Washington, D.C. than the monument. And until the Eiffel Tower was built, it was the tallest structure in the world. Interesting. And then it was immediately outclassed within the next hundred years by several different buildings. Now, of course, we also met a goddess this chapter. We met Nut. Even though I briefly talked about her in a previous segment, we're going to go a little more into depth. So according to Egyptian mythology, Nut, by the way, this website that I looked it up on wants me to wants me to pronounce it as Newt, and I'm like, you're joking with me. Oh, that would be so much better. Ah, oh, yes. Newt. Oh, I love it. Big Newton. I mean, listen, Hal, there's nothing Newt about this. She is the goddess oh, of the sky. It for me. I know. Uh... She's the, she is the goddess of the sky and heavens. She is the daughter of Shu, the god of vital breath, and his wife, Tefnut 
to the goddess of heat. She's usually depicted as a woman bent over the earth with her head in the west and feet in the east. She's also sometimes depicted as a celestial cow. She's also a part of the cosmogony, which is a theory of the origin of the universe. The ancient Egyptians believed that she protected the earth deity Geb, who is her husband, from the night sky. Myth also says that the sun deity Ra traveled through her, which, I mean, you could look at that any way you want. You're not going to speak on that. She swallowed him at night and then gave birth to him in the morning. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Ra was then replaced by Thoth at night. She was often associated with coffins or sarcophaguses because she protected the dead until they were reborn in the afterlife. As also stated during this chapter, Net became pregnant with five children and Ra forbade her from giving birth during the official calendar. So what she did was she essentially made five new days to be like haha loophole and she mm-hmm. had five kids osiris isis seth horus and nephits N- N- that guy these children of course were not welcome and were considered intruders in the divine community and with that that ends this week's in uh scrolling through the egyptian age which leads us into consult the divine which is where i predict what happens in the next couple of chapters go for it let's see what happens Let's see. So, uh, A, they need to take care of the threat that's outside. I imagine it's a giant mecca. This is giant them outside in the middle of Washington, D.C. Listen, there's been stranger things that happen in, in the country's capital. Honestly. I think they're going to beat whatever this threat is outside. I think this time is where Boss is going to have to separate ways with the kids so that she can take on this threat while the kids go to the airport. Uh, and then from there, I think they're going to Memphis, right? So they're going to Memphis. And um, I don't think they'll meet Thoth next chapter. I think they might meet him the chapter after. But I think that um, they're going to get out safely. They are main characters after all. They are main character. Imagine if you just killed off your main character in the first book they're in. Not even like at the end of the first book, halfway through the first book. Not even. I mean, listen, this is a bit of a spoiler for Magnus Chase, but I know that the main character, quote unquote, dies in like the very beginning. I don't know what the exact circumstances of that character's death death is, but we'll get to it when we get to it in like five years. <laughs> Hal, would you have any final thoughts about the chapters we've read? I'm glad that it's over because now you cannot torture me with your awful puns. But they're not bad puns. Yes, they are. They were terrible, terrible puns. The ones that the ones that were actual puns and not just bad jokes. So you're just happy that we don't have to keep doing this, so I don't have to keep bombarding you with nut puns. I'm I'm glad that you can't hurt me anymore. I really like this chapter. I, I I always like exposition chapters. I'm the opposite. I I enjoy them, but I don't like when they drag on. Like these chapters, like two chapters, this is like, uh, like he could have. I wish he had split these up just for the sake of keeping keeping a certain pace for the book. But I guess yeah. I guess it worked out in the end anyway because these were very very popular and successful. So. And with that comes the end of our episode this week. If you would like to get into contact with our show, there are various ways to do it. First of all, you can email us at intotheriorniverse at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, critiques, hell, even come and say hi. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, we are at Pod on twitter.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, I am the damn meme page. Damn spelled D-A-M. How? Where can they find you? They cannot find me for I am invisible. Ha 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 ha. But I, I do not have social media. But if you contact us through the previous two methods, I will likely get the message. If you would like to follow the artist who made our 
icon. You can follow him on twitter.com at ranpakoka. Ranpakoka spelled R-A-N-P-A-K-O-K-A. And with that, we finish our podcast. Hal, thank you for potting with me. I'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Adios.